0: Hey, this out Carmine Apice, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Keep rocking. Focus on
1: metal. Hey, metalheads, Scott here. And Richie. There we go. And uh again the the wonders of Skype and uh, and all of its all of its uh isolation goodness. So how you doing, man?
2: I'm okay. Good. Um I, I don't I don't have to leave the mask on anymore to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Although wait a minute, we're in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, that's right, don't say it too we're loud. We might here. have
1: to do it. Yeah, oh it sucks. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's good, yeah, it's definitely good to talk to you a while so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll actually be able to see each other in person and uh actually have some good discussion so hopefully hopefully that'll
2: happen yeah and the day i'm talking to you is the day the stadium tour was officially postponed again
1: yes i uh, it was it was interesting uh as my girlfriend texted me the the new dates and i was like the stadium tour are you kidding me and then of course you know we, we obviously we can't really discuss but we did have a little bit of intel ahead of time that that might be happening so i had kind of texted her back and just said that whoever had told us had told us. And she kind of like texted back and went, yes, I'm rolling my eyes at you right now. So, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a bummer. And, uh, you know, and actually tonight that we're doing this would have been the night that the rescheduled symphony X and primal fear show was supposed to be that eventually got just totally canceled by coincidence.
2: I, I put dates in my phone when the concerts were supposed to happen and I just completely forgot about them mm. and then COVID hit. And then every so often, um, it, I, it'd come up with a reminder because mm-hmm. I wouldn't look.
1: Yeah. That was mine I, this morning is, is my looked over. My phone was telling me, Oh yeah, you get the show tonight. It's like, yeah, no, I don't bastard.
2: Phone. And I just, got, I just got so pissed after a while Yeah, that I just went in, into my calendar and just fucking deleted all of them i'm like i don't i don't need this shit but and uh, bear in mind i, I didn't have an, anything really invested in tickets but yeah. these are all shows that i wanted to go and see yeah you had a lot of money invested in tickets so you were you know you were hurting more about this than than i was but it's it's just a bummer for everybody it is. i think with the stadium tour we talked about it before. All these. Have, you know, you have to join all the dots on it. You can't pick and choose which state you're going to play in.
1: Yeah, well, the um, thing was that that whole thing was already rescheduled. That the, the original rescheduled date for this year for Boston, well, for my date, I think it was July 17th, and it was like the 17th and 18th for Boston. Yeah, so they they, had they already rescheduled even, the whole thing with all the dates.
2: Yeah, but they weren't in in, in Massachusetts. They weren't alone, 100 percent capacity. Hmm. And that meant that the two shows here. Um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't going to work this year. I think it'll work. It'll definitely work next year, but, uh, you got to go, you look online, social media, and a lot of people are pissed. They had hotel rooms booked and flights booked. And, <laughs> and it's only and, been a I, couple I, of yeah.
1: hours, right? I mean, this is we're we're talking at like quarter of eight tonight. And I think it only got announced at what, like three 30 this afternoon or something like that. So yeah, didn't take long.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it's just a lot of people are annoyed. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of money tied up for two years. It really is. If, mm-hmm. So if you're doing meme greets and all that, that's a sizable chunk of income.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the thing is, is I guess I probably still haven't learned my lesson because I did buy concert tickets for a show in December of this year out at the DCU Center this week. So uh, hopefully it'll happen. Definitely all kinds of COVID warnings on it. And, you know, uh, but it looks like from what I can see with that one there, they actually plan the capacity accordingly and that they'll be like yeah we'll open up more seats if we can later but right now this is what it is so well we'll see if it
2: happens or not is that hailstorm yes it is yeah who's it hailstorm and who else evanescence evanescence right
1: and the, the whole thing too is yeah, you know my girlfriend she's really keys in on vocalists and drummers and she was like oh this is you know two really good vocalists kind of thing can we go so it's like yeah all right whatever at this point it's like any anything to like do something, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, besides no, I besides really. you and I going to to Jeff Tate, the only other thing I've done since that February of last year was the uh, the Metallica drive-in show, which we had a great time at. But that was, that's been it.
2: Mm, you're not doing the Bon Jovi drive-in show, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> I know that some of the venues around here are.
1: It was at We're the same venue that I went bit. we went to the do the Metallica one at. We could I probably could have got tickets for it if I wanted to, but uh yeah, I'm not doing that one.
2: Yeah, yeah. So when is the next show that you have tickets for that hasn't been postponed?
1: Uh well if you had asked me that yesterday, I would have said the stadium tour. And then I think <laughs> after that, um, nothing else has been rescheduled. Okay. You know, so like I know that the Tupelo is just starting to open up and do indoor shows. Again, they're in New Hampshire, so a little different than our clusterfuck state. Um but yeah. they are they are, they announced this week they were starting to book indoor shows again, so hopefully some of that stuff will get will now will get rescheduled because I think he just got tired of like shifting and shifting and shifting.
2: So you have no tickets for shows in July, August? No, I don't think I do. I'd probably have to go look, but I don't think I do. Okay. I'm gonna have to start looking around uh Steve if there's any shows coming through. yeah, I'd go see an acoustic show at this stage. you just singer songwriter to be honest uh-huh. wouldn't bother me just to get out for for a night out right. We'll see what happens yeah we will we will
1: so anyways yeah. this this week uh, you uh a couple weeks ago anyways you you talked to Dave Brooks of uh Slam and Gladys and you know, just like you on the interview, I keep wanting to call them Smash Gladys and and it's yeah. like and all the time i just have to keep reminding myself i guarantee i'll probably do it sometime during this chat that i'll call him that instead but uh you know <laughs> just yeah, call so books. yeah so uh you know a couple weeks ago you know you did that one so we're we're getting around to finally finally playing it and uh you know just just listening through and stuff and you just kind of really just kind of piqued my my interest a little bit because you know this these this is a band that what they had the, the one album out right cuz the new album is two. And that was what, like 30 plus years ago, they put the first one out? Yeah. Seems, you know, and you guys will hear it in the interview, but it seemed like it's just a very organic, like people, they all just kind of came together. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't MTV bands reunited or anything like that. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, well, I guess we'll do an album kind of a thing. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting how it all, how it all comes back together. And, and, uh, and then I just, you know, I was I just was thinking a lot about that. I was thinking about. I don't know. Do you, you remember that band's
2: reunited? you Remember that show? I saw some of it. Okay. I remember. Um, didn't did they get Vixen to do it? And they They tried did. to get extreme they to, it to, get Nuno, extreme to do it? it. Yeah, and that's
1: what I was thinking. So I was thinking about the fact that, like, you know, they tried to do the extreme one, and 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 uh, Nuno wasn't having it. And no. then you know, then a couple of years later, totally organically, they just decide to to get back together, and and you know, they did the show in in up in Hampton. They did the show in Boston, and. And then you know then they ended up doing this tour again and stuff, and I thought, oh, that's you know, so it kind of made me think about that and and then some of the other ones on bands reunited, which were I kind like really more or less forced and didn't seem to work very well, but then again, what last year two years ago, um rat pack put out a, a new vixen uh album, so uh obviously not all the all the original members at this point, but uh you know again, they kind of got together and and uh put out a live album not new music but a live album so it's uh yeah it just kind of made me think about like other bands out there you'd like to see maybe get back together and um would have you know everybody and, and of course i'm sure you probably did the same thing i did as you're kind of thinking about it and you're and you you got this great you know oh yeah that band and you're like oh yeah this guy's dead and then you're like oh oh yeah that guy's dead and it's See, for for a little bit, it got depressing for me with the, um, you know, you get like four out of the five guys kind of thing, and, and then it's the oh yeah, that guy's dead kind of a thing. I don't know if you had the same kind of thought as you were trying to think about bands that come in this situation.
2: It wasn't that. that it, well, that was a factor, but the bigger factor for me was that a lot of these bands kept going with with guys missing anyway. Sure. Like yeah. I, I, I can't say accept. With, with, you know, the original lineup of Accept, because Accept has been going on and off Mm -hmm. since the 80s anyway. I can't say Halloween, because they've been going on and off with different guys since the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, that's almost like a whole other interesting thing, right, with that stuff, is how would, uh, you know, all the guys that played on, on, uh, you know, like on Fast as a Shark, compared to, to to what was just done with the last album, you know, how would that sound with, you know, more than just Wolf involved in there, you know, would it be different or not? And that's kind of, uh you know, that's a whole other kind of interesting thought experiment I was doing with that as well, because along with a lot of these bands that you, you know, I was trying to think about, it also comes back to, you know, when I go back and listen to, you know, there's like the Slam and Gladys stuff, their songs were kind of, all over the map and and in their new album they're they're kind of all over the map as well and their subject matter for the songs isn't like era specific if you know what i mean yeah. or or it's not um you know i guess cuz you know and i obviously i i thought about this a lot this really like this the whole thing just kind of made me think a lot of even just like getting you know if if i got back like one of my original bands with all the members like how would it be and, and and I go back to kind of like the complaint people would have about Metallica today versus Metallica or on Ride the Lightning or on Master and stuff, and the whole idea of you know there you know you you got this era of albums by that band that were you know they're angry and they didn't have well Lars had a lot of worldliness to them. but you know they were just kind of like angry and they were on a mission and they had a whole you know unique mindset of youth and all that, and now they've gone through a whole bunch of you know they've gone through wives and and rehabs and and tours and, and breakdowns and all kinds of stuff and so now they're at this other side of the coin and it's like you know even if Cliff was alive and they decided to reform that era of Metallica I don't think I mean it it wouldn't be the the sound that everyone was expecting you know what I mean you've got this kind of a different different whole ideology behind the songwriting but then you look at Slam and Gladys which is kind of unique in that they can weather that because of what they were writing songs about. So I just thought that was kind of a, a unique thing, too. But, yeah, I, I kind of overthought the crap out of this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so go on. Hit me with your first band. No, before we get into it now, it has to be the original band, all of them. And they all have to be obviously still be alive. Uh-huh. And They haven't played for. Is there a time limit? Is it 20 years? Is it five years? Uh, is it- I'm, I'm going with the with the a while. Okay, yeah. Okay, so that Mike, the two bands I've picked will definitely fit into a while. Yeah,
1: if there's one that matches, it's probably going to be this. Again, when you talk about a band that the way they wrote songs, what they wrote songs about, all of that kind of stuff, I hate to say the word timeless, but um, it, it isn't. It isn't really era specific. Obviously, some of the album mix and stuff like that. Yes, that's that's in there, but. I think that if they all got back together again, that it would be they'd probably write equally really great songs in probably close to the same vein. Because I think a lot of the stuff that came out before from them is, you know, it wasn't like people were writing for them and stuff. So, but the, the band that that that, I, that really, when I did a lot of thinking about this, that that eventually like sprung to mind, and I was like, "Holy crap!" is Blue Murder.
2: Yeah, that's one of mine. <laughs>
1: You know, is, because did you, you think play? about it, right, I mean, uh, Tony Franklin can still play his ass off, right? Uh, as far as we know that Sykes is alive, you know, he's kind of like Howard Hughes. We're not really sure. He could be in the Las Vegas Hotel with footlong fingernails. We don't know. But, uh, you know, when I last saw him playing with Thin Lizzie, you know, the guy could still sing pretty well. He could still play really well. Granted, it's a little bit of a stretch because that's kind of like that's the known entity. Line up right with those with the three guys yeah but there was you know kind of briefly people in there before but when i think of of, of blue Murder, i'm thinking of the same three guys that you're thinking about and everybody else thinks about as well and i yeah i just think that would be kind of a real you know slamming gladys kind of thing of of uh you know just kind of a real organic come together you know, do it, and, and I just think they probably would have some really cool songs.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of things on that, share my thoughts with that. Yeah. Um, y- y'all, anyone listens to the show knows how big a fan I am of that album. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The de- I'm talking more of the debut album. I'm not a big of, I'm not as big a fan of the second record, even though Carmine and Tony play on, I think it's like eight or nine tracks of the 12 or 13 that are on it. Right. Um, but they're not even pictured on the record. Mm-hmm. As being members of the band, there are like additional musicians: Carmine Appice and Tony Franklin. Right, right. But right. I think the first, I think the first album is an absolute masterpiece. Carmine's in his seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, drummers as they get older, I'm not saying he he wouldn't be able to play that material, but you have to wonder about Carmine and, at that age being able to play. As well as those songs were recorded. Yeah, but I still I still think he can
1: play and it's and it and it may not be that he's gonna do, you know, as much power drumming, but the other part yeah. of it is, I mean, the guy has not lost his groove at all.
2: And, no, and he's whether
1: amazing, you play powerful he's or not, um, you know, he's he's got he's got that groove. I mean, hell, the guy influenced John Bonham. And uh yeah. I still think that he's still probably very up to snuff and can do it.
2: Okay. Um and I'm Facebook friends with Tony Franklin,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and every time he posts stuff about Blue Murder, the majority of 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 of, of, uh, of, of some of the sentences he'll put he'll put. On the post, don't ask about a reunion. <laughs> so he'll post something, and it's always nearly always followed by, "And don't ask about a reunion." Yeah, because he must be sick and tired of people asking. I'm sure Carmine is too. Like we've asked. That.
1: I, I think I, I think, think we've actually in the interview we asked Carmine, it. and he was like uh, something about like I can't get I can't get John out of the house or something like that. He was he was pretty funny yeah. about it, but yeah.
2: But the thing, the thing about Blue Murder late in the '90s and in the early 2000s, they did keep playing shows. Mostly in Japan, but it was just John, and he did shows with Tommy Aldridge and Marco Mendoza
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, as the rhythm section. And I I know there's a, I think I, I think there's a live album out there with, with them playing on it. I think it's called Bad Boy Live. Yeah, I have um, that. Yeah, that's got a ton of Blue Murder stuff on it, and I think that was recorded in Japan with Marco and Tommy as the rhythm section. I might be wrong now, but. Another reason I'd like to see Blue Murder play is for Sykes to get out of the house and play. <laughs> he's he's one of the 80s guitar players. I think that as I had him, I had a massive profile on the back of the Whitesnake record and um, Blue Murder didn't happen. And then for many years, he's disappeared. And a lot of the other guitar players from that era They either kept going or or they disappeared for a long time, like Jakey Lee. Mm -hmm. And even he came back after many years, and he's now at Red Dragon Cartel. So I think John is the one that has music uh, supposedly done. He was signed to Golden Robot Records, and that fell through. Mm. And I think earlier this year, he released a song from the new record, and we haven't heard anything from him since. We don't know when it's coming out. We don't know what label it's on. Yeah, and we, the thing we, is, well, like, I'm not sure the COVID thing didn't help. But probably not.
1: Yeah, but then you, yeah. you know the other part too is that you know like that's a good comparison, right? John and 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 J.K. Lee, where Jakey Lee, you know, he came back when he came back with Red Dragon. He is, he's a different player now than he was back when he was playing with Ozzy and with the you know with the bands before that as well. He's He's definitely got a different kind of playing style and aesthetic to what he does than what he did before, but I think that i I just think John's gonna come out and and John's just gonna sound like John, you know everything he does kind of has that that same kind of 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 thing you know whether he was what he was doing with Lizzie, then you look at it in White Snake, then you look at it you know with blue murder, and you can kinda go, oh yeah, that's John,
2: yeah, yeah. So anything else on Blue Murder? I've actually got two bands now, and one of them's other than Blue Murder. Do you? Yeah, but What's, Blue Murder was one of them.
1: You're gonna, you're not gonna roll out Dan Reed Network, are you?
2: No, because they're they've been back together for the last <laughs> three or four years.
1: I'm not. I obviously I'm not as as big a fan of uh, DNR as you are. So
2: yeah, no. I'm, all right, I'm gonna go with um a band that brought out their first album I think in '93. Uh huh. And then they released their follow up album in ninety five and then the singer went and did an industrial record, and then he recorded records under his surname, and then he joined one of the biggest metal bands ever again and that's time by Rob Halford um yes, I'd love to see him do some fight shows, yeah, um I think the two albums they were he released were Stellar. Yeah. Oh, I Fair love man. those.
1: I love those albums. I absolutely love those albums. I think I've got. I think I actually I've got even a set that I that Rob signed as well. So I've got like du- duplicates. I might even have triplicate of one. I love the fight stuff. Yeah. And and now um, I got a vision of a, of a fight reunion, but with Russ coming <laughs> out in his
2: satchel makeup. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. As far as I know, they're all still alive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I believe um, they are. Well, I know we know Scott, Rob and and Russ are alive, but I'm not sure about the other two. Um, But that would be a fantastic mini tour or even a one off show. Um, Because I, I just think that music is really, really good. I think it stood the test of time. I'm a big fan of the second record and I think that gets a bit of a raw deal.
1: It it does. Yeah, it does. It the, the definitely doesn't get the same kind of praise that the first one did.
2: Yeah, I, the Small Deadly Space. Mm-hmm. I think the first one um got so much praise because it was so heavy and aggressive mm-hmm. and
1: I'm literally um, in my head right now. I'm, I'm doing do 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 to the gun. Yeah. Just it's playing endless loop in my head right now.
2: Yeah. The, the only, the only problem I had with the de- with the f- debut was all the, co- all the choruses seemed to be the name of the song um. said over and over again, <laughs> but it, it had some brilliant songs on it. Uh, I, a new reality is a, a new reality. The last song is an amazing riff on it. And, I can't think of the name of the first song. What is it Into the Pit? Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, it just b- blows you away straight you know, from, the, from the from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that album was really, really aggressive. And I think what disappointed people about the second album is it, it, it wasn't the same as the first one. It, it was definitely more varied. Yeah. And I think that's because the band wrote a lot more of it. I think the first record, Rob wrote the majority of it on his own. And then he let the guys write the material on the second one. Mm-hmm. And once you get other musicians involved, it's bound to sound a, a little bit different, especially when they write the stuff.
1: Yeah, and, and um, the thing too, if you think about that band, is that there's definitely you know large age gaps there too. I think Russ was, I think he was really young. Was it like 18, 19 or something? I think he was really young. And then you got Rob who was I think at that point what he was like in his 40s or something. Um Yeah, he was older a lot older, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean and he, I mean he'd been in a band or you know lots of bands and actually had a you know hell of a life at that point and like all kind, you know what I mean? And uh and to, to meld that kind of kind of disparity between experience with all those guys and still come out with that killer music cuz you would almost think that you know you just you wouldn't have that it would almost be like, you know, fight featuring rob halford kind of a thing but it, you know it definitely wasn't that
2: mm. so who who's your next fan scott some obscure new oven band I mean.
1: <laughs> you know i was thinking about a lot of those but then i was like you know what <laughs> i don't know if i'm going to be able to verify that like all these guys are, are are alive or they're still have been doing things in some other you know incarnation right along kind of thing and It was really hard, and I'm kicking myself for not thinking of fight because that's definitely a a freaking awesome one. You know, I was just really trying to think of like who else hasn't come up as you know popped up on M three dates or something like you know who else is out there that that uh, I you know I really would have loved to hear from again. And and honestly, the the only other one that I could think of that like everybody's alive. And they, you know, they haven't done anything for a little while, but they could definitely get everybody back together again. And I think everybody would like it, um, and I'm not going to say kiss, um, is just to get the original Sabbath. Like, again, you know, when because when you brought up Carmine, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Bill Ward. Well, Bill Ward can still swing, so if they were doing stuff like they used to do where he wasn't a power drummer but it was more swing and you know get him involved in the writing it's like is that something that would be really you know is he up for doing it could he do it um but it would be really cool to to kind of get that original sabbath lineup back together again for even just like one album and just kind of and then really put the band to bed
2: but Savath only played their last show a couple of years ago, didn't they? Yeah, like I said, it was—it's only been a little while.
1: But it wasn't. It also wasn't, you know, it wasn't the original lineup, and it was just kind of a, you know, well, let's go out and let's just do this final thing. Yeah,
2: because I wonder when is the last time they played with Bill Ward? That's a good one. Oh. Mm. Yeah, Must I, be ten years. I think
1: it's longer than that. I want to say it's longer well, than that.
2: Okay. Well, they were in heaven and hell before they did Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, Bill has has come out and said that he can't physically do it, the Sabbath stuff, anymore, really.
1: Huh. I mean, you know, obviously, I can't, you know, I can see that he's not going to do something. you know, like, like off of Never Say Die or something. That's kind of a little bit different, but I'm surprised that he, he doesn't feel he could do something that was more in the vein of, of like the debut album where there's mm. not, um you know, again, it's not like, it's not really power drumming because he was always more of a, more of a jazz drummer than he was a rock drummer.
2: Mm. Maybe he was talking about doing a, a run of shows on uh, a tour. Yeah. Um, but, thought- yeah, Sabbath. So do you want do you want my second one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or do you want to keep talking to you any more tad about Sabbath?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I'm I'm still I'm kicking myself about the about fight that I didn't think about that. <laughs> I love that band. I love that band.
2: Yeah.
1: And this so is why I've got so much physical stuff from them.
2: <laughs> my second one is, is um, I think the first album came out in eighty nine and then they released a the follow up in ninety one and then before the record was even released, they'd split up. And in the liner notes on the album, even the guys in the band, in their thank yous, talk about the band in the past tense. I think one guy says the end, um, the other guy says to the band, thanks for a great time. So before the band even, th- even had the album out, they'd already split up. I think they did a couple of videos together. There was a lot of bad blood. All the guys are still alive we have interviewed one of them a couple of times and he just left the dead daisies the drummer i'm talking about bad english
0: i am in intense pain Pinky.
2: oh yeah i wouldn't have thought about that one yeah um i was a big fan of that they were one of the super groups that came out in the late 80s i think talk about um yankees and bad english more or less the same time um both worked with the same producer. Ron Nevison. did Damn um, Yankees, and he did the second uh, Bad English record, Backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, did Power Ballads that were massive. Yeah, Bad right. English had he, his Smile. And I think Diane Warren wrote it. I think Bad English went out and toured with Whitesnake. I don't know whether you saw them, did you?
1: I, you know, I never saw them. No, that's, that's an interesting one, though, too. I mean, it's not really... Um kind of you know my vein although you know they were they were huge i think even the last time i ever heard a song by them was uh there was a little a little bar up in in Marlboro called speakers that sometimes the girlfriend and i would just would just hit up because it was just kind of sometimes they have some good bands in there or whatever but they were always playing like 80s stuff and that, I think that was the last time i even heard a, a bad english song was in there one night and uh, i don't yeah. think, i don't think anyone's really heard about anything going on with john
2: for years He's been doing solo stuff.
1: You know, I don't think anyone's mentioned John Waite's name, or I haven't heard John Waite's name since the you know, late 80s, early 90s.
2: Yeah, he's been doing some solo stuff. He does some shows up our area every now and again. Really? Of course, mm-hmm. Neil and Jonathan have been doing Journey. Ricky Phillips, I think, is with Sticks. Yeah, he's has gone. of gone on know and played with it. a bunch of people, so yeah. And of course, we know Dean has been with us to Ozzy, and mm-hmm. then he's been with Journey, and, you know, he's with the Dead Daisies, and. He just had surgery and he had to leave the dead daisies, but um, all those guys are still alive. Um, they can all still play. How big a deal that would be if they reformed? Um, I don't know. I I, I can't see it happening. It's one of these bands that I can say, yeah, I'd love to see live, but I know damn well it's never going to happen. But I can wish for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. See, that's kind of the one that for for that one. I look at that as, and I guess probably because in the back of my mind, I've always looked at that band as more like that's a vehicle for like Jonathan Cain and John Waite, you know, and then you got you got a cast of supporting people behind them, kind of a thing, um, and not so much of like a band where you know something like Fight that's a band, you know. So I, I don't know, it's kind of this kind of how my brain works, anyways, with that one. So, and so if they got Ooh. back together again, it would almost be like, oh well, I guess it's because you know they. John and John decided to, you know, dignify everyone with their presence and decide to allow them to make music again, kind of a thing.
2: Well, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's John and John is the problem. I think it's it's John Waite and Neil Sean was the problem with that band.
1: That's what I meant. I meant Neil Neil Sean.
2: Yeah, um, but you know
1: I what I mean. It's That's like those are like the those were like the two the two key guys. You know what I mean. And then you kind of had other guys being. That were they were known, but that I think that that was really like it was built around around that more than
2: anything. Mm, But that's a that's a band that you look at the musicians in it, and you know they could still play at a really really high level. They can still do it. It's not going to happen. But people might, other people might, after hearing this, they might come out and they'll start naming all these bands, and then the first thing you'd point your finger at then and say, yeah the singer it's always the singer it's like can the singer still sing those songs though you know well, i think john way could s- still sing the songs <laughs> the other guys can all still play at, at a stellar level right but again it, 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 it's a pipe dream it, it, it it's not going to happen i could have picked damn yankees and and i, I thought you might have said i could have picked shadow king yeah
1: well, at the same time, we could have just—we could have just, both picked the babies as well, right? Because then, then I mean, we're almost halfway there with bad English.
2: Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But I—I I, I mentioned Shadow King there, and I have to say that the reason I wouldn't like to see that is Lou Graham can't sing the way he used to. It, yeah. it all—you know—I'm sure Sykes can sing the Blue Murder songs.
1: Yeah, like um, I said when I heard him on on tour. I, you know, granted it was a couple of years ago, but back when he was doing the the Lizzie stuff, he could still sing pretty well.
2: Yeah, and Rob can still sing, so I'm sure he could do the fight the fight stuff justice. Um,
1: yeah, because that was definitely that's like in his you know in his range now too. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Into the pit, he might struggle with because that's pretty high. But they, they don't have to do that song. They can do a lot of other ones.
1: Oh, crap, they'd have to do into the pit. <laughs>
2: Of all the four bands we picked, Scott, just to finish up, which one would you like to see f- the most of your two picks? Blue Murder. Because, of course, you had two. Blue Murder. Blue Murder. Yeah, still Blue
1: Murder. As, as, much as, yeah. as much as I love Fight, I just, I I like all the elements that, that Blue Murder brought to their music, and uh, and I miss it.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to have to agree with you. And another band that comes to mind now, this is an honor I'll mention before I go, I wouldn't mind seeing Stephen Piercy reform Arcade. And I'm actually surprised that he never did that. None of the, uh, none of the cruises or M3 offered to do that. Cause he had Fred Curry in the band. Hmm. Um, they released two records. I know they came out at the height of grunge, but the first record he did after was, is really good. That's the, the one he did after he left rat and Stephen does all these solo shows and he just does some solo stuff and a lot of rat songs and I don't think he does any of the arcade stuff. So that's the band I'm actually surprised that they haven't been approached to uh, to do the odd show here or there at the oh, festival. That's or interesting it's- because they're
1: they never really got that marquee thing either. They were, you know, what I mean, he was fighting in an uphill battle with that band yeah. as far as getting the name out there. I and maybe that's why people don't don't offer him that because I mean, you know, hate to say it, but you know, American music fans, right? It's like. You're hoty or not, and and I think a lot of people that were, you know, if they had them on a monster's or rock cruise, you know, I'd see it and go, oh, that's pretty cool, and there'd be other people who were like going arcade, like what, like Arcade Fire, like what the hell is that,
2: you know? Or they'll just want them to do a rat a set of rats. with the <laughs> sure. arcade band. Uh huh. Yeah. So anything else, Scott? Before we, we I go?
1: No, I mean it's good. to, It's you know it's it's good to actually get get you on the phone at least have a little discussion. And, uh, you know, just again, this is kind of just I was just thinking about it and and I got no one to talk to about this shit. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Always good to talk. So we'll uh, we'll get together and we'll do that discussion episode we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. All right.
1: All right. So let's uh, you want to want to let everyone hear what you and uh, you and Dave Brooks
4: had to talk about. Yeah, sure. All right. We're going to roll that then. All right. Hello. Is that Dave Brooks.
0: Yeah, that's me.
4: Hey, Dave. It's Richie here for the interview. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to talking to you. I like the new record.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
4: Yeah. Uh, I got it's funny, I got an I got an email yesterday from a, a publicist uh pushing a band called Smashed Gladys. Have you ever heard of
0: them? Yeah, they were they were based out of New York, but I didn't know they uh I thought they broke up a long time ago.
4: Yeah. No, I got a I got an email yesterday pushing a song from them.
0: Uh huh. I'm just wondering, is there ever
4: any confusion there that people kind of get the two bands mixed up?
0: Um, Maybe a little bit when we were in New York, but um, not really.
4: Okay. It's been nearly a 30-year gap between the two albums, and I remember a couple of years ago, I had this band on called Roxanne, and and they had a new record out, and it was more or less a 30-year gap as well, and I'm just wondering with you when when you when when the band broke up after the first album did you stay in the music business
0: oh yeah yeah i uh, i've always been in the music business i uh uh said i made three solo albums uh i did an album with the deMarco brothers get the, the guitar player guys
3: uh-huh. did an
0: album with them and then, uh, you know, I've been playing around, uh, I, uh, I've done some cover band stuff, you know, with, uh, the, the breakfast club and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I've been pretty busy. Uh, through the nineties, I just did original stuff and that and the other, but, uh, when the two thousands came around, I'm like, eh, I want to play out more. So I got in a, I got in a, a an eighties band called uh, the breakfast club.
4: <laughs> okay nice um did you know your way around the studio or did you try and get on the other side of the glass and maybe help produce bands
0: oh no i did uh, all three of my records Uh, i uh i produced all three of them and engineered most of it and uh i mixed most of it but you know i had a couple people you know do some mixes and stuff but uh pretty much uh yeah well i learned a lot when we were uh recording the first record and you know me and jj were paying attention jj turned out to be quite the producer
4: okay okay because i've interviewed a lot of musicians and and one of the regrets they have back then is that they didn't pay attention that they had all these big name guys that came in to help them and they just let them do what they do and they didn't ask questions but obviously you guys ask questions
0: Oh, uh, uh, we drove them crazy. Me and JJ followed them around everywhere. <laughs> 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 like, like, why are you putting the mic there? Oh, is that how you do that? Well, Why are you pushing that preamp so hard? Or, you know, why, why are you, you know, you know, we would not stop. Mm. Yeah. All, through the whole process.
3: <laughs> yeah, well,
4: it all pays off because you've only got so much time with these guys that you might as well pick their brain while they're there.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you got these genius engineers that you're paying a lot of money. You might as well ask a few questions. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
4: what about the other guys? Did they stay involved in the music business as well, or, or was it just you?
0: Oh, yeah, Jay, everybody did. Okay. Um, Stevie, Stevie D put out a couple records, and uh you know, he's been playing on other people's stuff. Uh, JJ did the Tories. Um, he's in the Tories for a while, and then uh, he did that Red Thirty Seven thing with Matt Nelson, which I think Jim Nation is going to release, like n- later in the year. Okay. So, uh, and then Alan uh, Stacy Al, Al Stacey Collins, Stacy Collins, been playing all over the place. Uh, they, they toured Europe for years, you know, so. So, so COVID made everybody stop touring.
4: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So when was when the last live show you did with, with the band?
0: Oh, Slam and Gladys? Yeah. Oh, years. It's been years ago. Okay. Uh, we got off, uh, I don't know, after we came back and tour, from tour, uh, probably like 94. Oh, wow. I mean, oh. Uh, like a whole band, you know, 94, maybe. Okay. 94
4: okay. So you never even tried to play the odd show over the years, get into a room, try and play together, see if you still had it.
0: Well, we were all doing other things. You know what I mean? Uh, like, Al was with St- his wife Stacy and they were doing really well. They put several records out and, you know, they they did really well in like in Europe and stuff like that. Hmm. So they were all playing. I was always playing. JJ, you know, uh, he's always busy, man. Uh, one one trailer after the other, one cue after the other, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, Stevie, funny enough, he works at Warner Brothers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he plays around.
4: Hmm. So there was no falling out with you guys. You all you all remained friends over the years.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. We were never enemies or anything like that. Or no, it was not like that. It was like it, it was more like Alan uh, Alan Al Stacy decided they wanted to write their own stuff and do their own thing, and then um, I, Tory or JJ decided to join the Tories. I was I was writing a lot, but I was like uh, you know I think I was at Cafe Belisimo then and then. Uh, then I came back to Ohio to produce a record for a band called junk man. So then I started working in a studio in Akron called the Grooveyard. So okay. I worked there for like five years. Okay. Uh, and then on and off. And then, uh, I went back to California and, uh, worked on a few other things, but then I came back and, uh, it was all back and forth there for a while. But, uh, I was working on my records the whole time, you know, all through the 90s. Hmm. And then, uh, uh, and, you know, I even was working on, my I, I put out a solo record while I was in the cover band, too. So I put out a record in 2010, too. But uh, yeah, I, everybody kept real busy. Okay. So
4: of the four of you, who took the most convincing to come back and play a Slam and Gladys?
0: it didn't take anybody any. (laughs) Okay. It
4: it, it, it just all worked (laughs) with the scheduling?
0: Yeah, it did. Uh, And I, uh, you know, because those guys, nobody could tour or go play anywhere. And I just, I just grabbed my kid and jumped in my car and drove to California and did everything to finish it. But, uh, you know, Charlie, uh, before that whole, all that shit went down, uh, Charlie and uh, Reggie from Jib Machine, Approached me about releasing the first, you know, the the the, the debut record. Hey, uh, we want to re-release it, you know, hmm. you know, because they got a I got a label in Cleveland here, and then and like uh, maybe you guys should do a bonus track. Well then, you know, me and jj got to, together to start writing the bonus track, and the bonus track turned into six songs.
3: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> we we had six songs before we knew it. Okay. I mean, literally, like and. uh so we just, first we were going to do a six song thing, but then, uh, you know, it was taking a while and, you know, things were, and we kept writing and, and, you know, we kept like every once we'd come up with a song, we're like, man, we got to put this on the record. So finally it came out to nine songs. Yeah. <laughs> After all, it, 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 it took a couple of years, but, it, uh, it, I, I'm so happy it happened the way it did.
4: Hmm. So. Dave, would you have done it again, if maybe only three of you, three of you could have done it, and not four of you?
0: Well, I don't know. Uh, it, it really wouldn't be slamming Gladys with everybody that's in this. You know what I mean? It, yeah. That's, that's, it, it's kind of a. It's really kind of a thing because, like. Uh, Steve and Allen have a certain like thing they do. Their rhythm session thing is just, it's those guys locked up immediately when they met each other, man. I mean, it was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how he could have. It's a good thing for
4: you to say, because with a lot of time between albums, um, and there's a lot of bands out there now, they have a lot of different lineup changes and members coming and going and stuff like that, that, you would you you have that attitude that it has to be the same four guys. That's a that's kind of refreshing to hear in this day and age.
0: Well, it, 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 there is that thing, man. When when those three guys when those three guys got in the studio and started playing together, you you, you understood the whole thing. You know, I mean, like, oh, that's it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they started playing together, and I, 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 dude, you know they didn't fuck around either. We we were at uh Doug Messenger's studio over in North Hollywood and um those guys got in there and recorded six tracks in seven hours. They did six tracks in seven hours and you know they did each track uh, you know three or four times. Okay. So no fucking around. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, that's chemistry right there. All right, yeah. Yeah, so so Dave, how has your voice changed since the first record? Because surely, as you get older, you'll you'll notice changes in in your voice.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I I'm not screaming as much, you know. Um, I, I I I can still sing most of that stuff on the first record. Um, I haven't really tried to sing some of it, but uh, I mean. Uh, I guess if I had to do a tour, I could, but, um, it, it's changed a little bit. The timbre has gotten a little, like maybe a little deeper or something like that, you know, but, uh, I'm just not, the songs aren't like way in the stratosphere and, and stuff like they were before, hmm. No, nope. uh, but that was a different time, you know, I mean, what, uh, it really with this record, like our real true roots are kind of just showing through with the, you can really hear a lot of the blues stuff, and uh, you know that's, that's you know that's where it, where it all started with you know the, like you know the bluesy Aerosmith, the Zeppelin stuff. That that's kind of where we were really the school were really from. But I mean, with us, we were we were pretty heavily back back in the day. We were very heavily influenced by Prince.
3: Oh,
4: okay. Is that where where this like if I go online and I look? If I put in the name of the band, it comes up as like, they're a hard rock funk band. Are you okay with being described like that?
0: Well, I guess that was really true in the early 90s, but we're more of a a rock blues band now. I mean, we, there's some funky parts about us, but uh, um, you know what I mean? Uh, I guess we we're a lot more funky on the first record, maybe.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: It's I want have a rock thing, though. You know. Yeah. Just, go ahead.
4: Yeah. So, so, do you plan on playing live shows when it opens up again, or, or do you just want to do the record? And you're all, you're all going to be really busy moving forward, and you're not going to be able to play. Live? Oh
0: no, no! We, every, everybody wants to play. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, if we get a chance to play, we'll be jumping on that shit.
4: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: I want. I want to yeah. ask you a couple of things about the first, first record, but I'm going to start uh, with, with the shows you did for it. Um, did you do, did you do shows with Brittany Fox? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh,
0: sure thing. Was, was yeah, that, was that when, guys were awesome.
4: was that when Tommy Paris was in the band? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep, Tommy.
4: Okay. So how, how many dates did you do with them? Did you do a run of shows with
3: them?
0: Oh yeah. We did a, we, we did a couple of little tours like, uh, we did a couple of like little six-week tours uh, with those guys. Um, yeah, uh, that's where Lost in Texas came from. <laughs> we, we got lost down there when we were <laughs> with them. Uh, We had we had we, we had to drive out to uh, El Paso, and you know we, you know we didn't have the fucking you know we, it was just maps and stuff like you know, but uh, you know somebody somebody fell asleep and somebody else started driving and started going the wrong way. Kind of like dumb and dumber, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we ended up in the wrong fucking town, but, uh, that happened. That actually happened a couple of times, but, uh, but that was a fun little, those guys were awesome, man. They were so cool to us.
3: Hmm. Cause
4: I interviewed Johnny D and, and, and Tommy, um because the album is thirty years old this year and I, I interviewed him about six weeks ago. And I love that record, but how good were they live, that lineup, because it didn't last
0: long. Oh no, it was real good. Tommy Paris is a motherfucker, man. Yeah, yeah, he can he can he can he could belt. Hmm. Yeah. So so what other bands
4: did you go out with back then?
0: Uh South Gang. Yeah, we did A lot of shows at South Gang. We <laughs> yeah, we did a, that that was a real long tour. Okay. Um, but that was like a year I I don't even know how long what, dude it was so long. <laughs> we 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 come home and we are like, what the fuck happened and then go back out again. <laughs> so we did two we, we did we did <laughs> we did two tours of South Gang and then uh, uh we did the warrant Uncle Todd's cabin tour okay um tell, and we, we
4: did, tell me about the warren okay. tell us a little bit about the Warren tour because of course you have a history with Jane Elaine, and i'm going to ask you about him in a minute but what 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 size venues did you do on on the Warren tour well
0: the the the, the uncle Tubbs cabin tour was like a promotional tour like m t v was kind of putting it on i guess and uh we just started in Florida and went up all the way up the East Coast. And, uh, like big, the big concert clubs, like, uh, Hammerjacks and the fucking, lim- remember the Limelight? Yeah. That uh, oh, in New York City? Mm-hmm. That fucking place. That, that place is awesome. Hammerjacks, uh, oh, fuck, what was that place in Norfolk? That was a big-ass room. I forgot the name of the room, though. hmm um, all the all the big rooms up the East Coast. Um, then we played, uh, what was this crazy place in North Carolina? I forget. Oh, man, it was a crazy show. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But, uh, um, yeah, but after that tour, that, that helped us a lot because then we, played, then we went and played all the places we played with them. You know, it's just a slam and so, You know, we went out and did our own thing for a while. Mm. Did you get
4: to uh tour outside the U.S. at all?
0: No, we went to Hawaii. Uh, no. Uh, I don't think we were went to, up into Canada or nothing either. We just... Man, it, it seemed like most of the time we were in Texas.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lost. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> like, we played in Dallas. I don't know how many times. Like... I remember playing there twice in one month uh, we a lot of, a lot of Texas gigs and stuff. So, uh, the South, um, Ohio, you know, hmm. we did a lot of these. too. we played New York, I think four times.
4: Okay. And like that album came out, I think it was in 92. So, right. so not the, not the timing couldn't have been worse. It didn't matter oh, how, no. it didn't matter how good the record was um was how tough a pill was that to swallow though when the uh, you know 'cause you every single band in that genre uh basically overnight was told that their career was finished that must have been yeah. tough for e four guys to uh to get a handle on it because you would have come in with certain hopes and aspirations, you released a debut record got reviewed very well, and then this happens,
0: right? Well, we, we we were tied to a bunch of stuff that like put us in the same like class as those other bands, I guess. And I mean, I guess we were kind of like that, but we kind of weren't bad at all. But uh, um, uh, but we definitely got grouped in with all that, and it's like, yeah. Um, but the thing was when when the record company when priority record kinda of gave up on it, we were starting to get real good airplay for what you need. And what you need was really starting to hit the radio and, and then you know our record company guy was kinda of like um one was you know, Oh, I don't think it's working, you know, and you know, one wanted, wanted to sign a grunge band.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I've heard that. I heard that from a lot of musicians from around that time period. It's you're the flavour of the month. One minute you're the best band in the world, and then if, if if you know if MTV starts pushing a different genre, they just stop. You know they don't return your phone calls, and even though you've done nothing different, um, and uh, you know a lot of bands got lumped in with that. But even if you sound a little bit different, Dave, I think it's with the bands you're associated with that you went on tour with, like oh, yeah. Warrant and South Gang, you know, even though you all might have your own individual sound, they lumped them all into one genre anyway. And you're, Oh
0: yeah, you're right. Absolutely. You yeah. know, no, you're, uh, that's exactly what happened. You're like, well, you're with him. So you, you're just like him. Okay. Uh, like, you know how people are.
3: Hmm.
4: So did you guys try to continue and get a different deal for
0: a while, or did you just knock it on the head? Oh, no, yeah. We no, went we, we, in and demoed a whole new uh, bunch of songs, like Colorblind, and uh, uh, there's a couple songs on my second solo record that I put from those sessions. I put uh, Scarlet Memories and uh, Life on My Street on my second album. That, those are both Slim and Gladys, and we recorded those at NRG okay so uh uh, yeah no no we 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 had a we had another shot and then i don't know i think everybody really alan stacy really wanted to do their own thing so that's kind of how that went and and i just started working on a solo record you know what i mean i just you know i just we just all adapted we didn't like get in a fucking fight or nothing like that like fuck you and uh, not, there was none of that at all. Mm. It's, we just, like, uh, and, you know, we'd been struggling for writing and, and trying to make our way through the Hollywood bullshit. And uh, then we went touring. And so we, uh, yeah, it was like four hard years of, of, like, really trying to, more than that. Maybe it was like five years of really trying to get that off the ground and then. I don't know. I, I kind of all think we kind of wanted to try to do something different too, and and I was I was I started really listening to different kinds of music, you know what I mean, uh, and wanting to do something different, like that little Earthquakes record from Tori Amos. Man, that really changed my perspective on a lot of things as far as like uh, I don't know lyrics and stuff. Mm. Um, and so I, I started kind of writing different stuff too, cause I was listening to different artists and, and then, yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's just the, you know, the winds of change were just blowing, man. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. Did you have label interest at all with the demo that you did or was it just, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, yeah. Did, you definitely had labels sniffing around?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mercury was, uh, uh, was thinking about it and, uh, uh, there was a couple different labels that, uh, that we we should have signed with a different company anyway, but I mean we didn't. But I mean, uh, everything was cool at first, you know how it goes, and then then they're like, you know, as soon as they saw the the, the tide change and they were like, you know, oh no.
4: Hmm. So did but, uh, did did any of them tell you to uh, to change your sound to adapt the, the grunge approach at all, or did it even get that far?
0: No, no, we just went in and did what we thought, you know, and and, uh, the stuff came out that, you know, the stuff to come out that was just real super rock stuff, you know, and uh, we didn't, it wasn't that much different, but the the lyrics were a little bit different.
4: Okay. Um, I want to finish up, Dave, I want to ask you about Chaney Lane. Tell me about his. Help with you guys when it came to writing songs, because he was the one guy. He's he was a bit of an anomaly that he was a lead singer in a band that practically wrote all the songs in the band. Normally, it's a it's a couple of guys, the guitar player and the singer, but he st- he he kind of stood out. And not only did he write songs, he wrote hit songs, and I mean big hit songs. So you right. you, you said earlier on that you'd be picking the brains of all these engineer guys that why did they put this here? Surely with Janie, you did the same thing. Like, what were you thinking when you wrote this song or where did this hook come from? Were you like that with Janie as well?
0: Oh, we used to play together all the time. Like, like, uh, when they were doing the cherry pie record, you know, he was showing me songs. Like, like when he, he was, when he was writing that record, I, he was like, hey, come over here, I want to play you something. So, like, I was hearing those songs. And then uh, uh, I was there with him, you know, and the whole, when they were recording that record, I was with, like, hanging around with him that whole time. Um, and then, uh, yeah, definitely. All he he would sit there and, you know, me, me and Jay and him would sit around and play all the time, you know, and he'd say, oh, we'd show him, he'd We'd show him stuff, and he'd go. Well, you might want to think about going to this court or this, you know that part He did stuff like that a lot with the arrangement kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, more of an arranger than a producer, you know. But he definitely produced it. I mean, like, like he—he uh, he was always there when I was singing and making sure I was doing it right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, He beat the shit out of me, man. When those when we did that piece in my heart, oh my god, those guys tortured me for like eight hours. Wow. Uh, Oh yeah, they got that out of me. They're like, no, you can do it better than that. They're like, I'm like, fuck you. So so you you
4: so you said there, Dave, you were with the band when they were recording Cherry Pie. Um, Did you get to talk to Bo Hill at all?
0: Oh yeah, I talked to him all the time. He so you
4: um, so you would have picked his brand as well.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. no, uh, I, I usually when I was in the studio when they were doing that shit, though, you know, you kind of keep your mouth shut. Yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, no, I talked to him all the time. We went to dinner, all that kind of stuff. But uh, he uh, he was going to uh, he he was trying to get Slam and Gladys signed. Uh, so he 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 was going to give us a, a deal with Interscope to do a demo and then uh, and then maybe make a record with Interscope uh, and he was going to do the record but but it, but you know prior to he offered us you know a, an exorbitant amount of money so that's not the way it went
4: mm, yeah because that time period would have been about right because. I think the first album on that label came out around '92. I think it was Unruly Child or, or, or one of those bands. So uh, yeah, and he had a hand in that label. He owned he owned part of it, I believe. Uh,
0: yeah, he was in deep with
4: them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So were you were you in the studio with Warrant when Mike Slammer did the guitars? Uh, no. Okay, Cause he
0: that I th-
4: was uh,
0: that was mostly on the first record.
4: Okay what about when cc deville came in to do work on it were you there for that
0: um i was with janie the night he wrote cherry pie okay yeah and then and then yeah mhm and then cc uh i think cc was with us too nice anyway uh, Johnny Einer called janie up and says he wants another song uh from columbia and, uh, and w- we went out. Janie calls me up the next morning. And then, and then, man, we went to bed late and, like, went to Sound City and demoed cherry pie. So, yeah, Cece C was around for all that. He was around that whole time period. We were all hanging out. Nice. So, um, yeah, he was around all the time. Uh, and, like, we'd go out, uh, you know... The Rainbow, or Spice Club,
4: or any of that crazy shit that was going
0: on back then. Nice,
4: nice. So, Dave, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, can you tell people where you, they can buy the record? Give out the social media sites and uh, where, where people can get in touch with the band.
0: Well, if you go to SlammingGladys dot com, dot com, all the links are on there for everything, like YouTube, uh, all that shit. Uh, Merch Bucket, Slam and Gladys, Merch Bucket is, uh, what, uh, you, There's you can buy solid CDs and you can buy, you know, T-shirts and all that through Merch Bucket. They're, they've been really cool to us too. Um, and, uh, you know, it's on every platform. It's Apple Music, Spotify. They can buy it anywhere, man. Uh, I mean, the... the there's stuff I never even heard of. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, like, that comes up on the internet. I'm like, I didn't fucking know
4: that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like people would say to me, where can I listen to your show? And I'm like, just search. It's, a, I don't know all the places it's on. It's everywhere. It's the internet.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it ain't hard to find. I got to do is know the name of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, Dave, I love when bands come back and I don't give a shit how long it's been. And especially when bands come back after a long long time out of the out of the out of the business, like performing together, and it shows that you guys still care, that you want to do it. And as a fan oh. as a fan of music, I really do appreciate when guys like you even bother doing this.
0: Oh, it's well. It's all I've ever done, and all I've ever wanted to do, and all I'm, I'm ever going
4: to do. Hmm. So when I get pitch bands like yourselves that have had a massive break in between albums, I'm all, I'm always interested in talking to those guys because something has happened for you guys to get back together, and that always piques my interest. Right.
0: Well, yeah. It was pretty magical.
4: Hmm. So hope it ho- really was. So hopefully, there's some live shows when all this madness. Open, opens up again oh
0: yeah uh, I'd love to fucking like do the east coast and I'd love to do for, oh wow the Europe I'd love to do Europe just one fucking time you know
4: yeah it's just, great. just to tick the box off yeah so Dave I'm going to leave yeah. you go it's been a pleasure talking to you
0: thank you so much
4: and, and the new album too too I love it really really good stuff
0: thanks man I, I really appreciate it
4: alright well have a good rest of the day Dave alright you too alright take care all
1: right. Big thanks to Dave Brooks for taking time out to talk to uh, Richie all about the brand new CD from and Gladys after 30 years. Still cracks me up. Decided to call it two. And if you want to pick that up as well as any other good old and Gladys merch, you can head up to slamminggladys.com. And that's S L A M I N G L A D Y S. Dot com. They've got the uh, two album on digital as well as on CD. You can even pick up a copy of the first album on uh, digital as well. And they've got some t-shirts and, of course, everyone's got masks these days and hoodies and bundles and all kinds of stuff. So, again, if you want to, to uh, get any of that, check out the band. You can head up to SlammingGladys.com. They are, like everybody else, up on Facebook, and that is uh, Facebook.com slash Slammin' Gladys, and you can also follow them on Twitter, but you got to change it up. It's Gladys Slammin', and they also have a YouTube channel. They're up on Instagram, so yeah, they're doing the social media. So there again you have it, a little conversation with Dave Brooks of Slamming Gladys, as well as, uh, oh my God, a little bit of old-school focus on metal discussion with Richie and myself. And speaking of that, we'll see what happens next week. It may be that we play the uh, part two of uh, Pete Mikowski next week. That could be what's up on deck, or if everything aligns and Richie's actually able to make it down to the studio, uh, then we will probably be doing this other discussion he wants to do. This kind of a, a top five of somebody, and you know, it's these ones like this when we really start to debate out those ones. We uh, we do like to kind of get in the same room for those. It's not quite the same when you're not uh, in the same room doing it. So uh, depending on what happens, I think that's going to uh, decide what goes on next week. But uh, rest assured. There will be another Focus on Metal episode for your little metal ear holes coming up next week right here all over again. But for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, be safe out there. Have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, as always, remember... Focus on Metal!
3: Else is insignificant.